Hallelujah. Thank God. Well, I, I felt led today to preach what I'm uh, about to read to you. I just, this is probably the scariest job in the world if you want to know the truth. Man, finding the mind of God for for every service and not knowing people's situations and who even who would be there and who wouldn't be and and God knows everything. What a peace that we have to know that God knows everything. Hallelujah. So I want to know if I'm going to have some help in the house tonight. Man, I need some people to help me tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, when you respond to the word of God, that means you're in agreement with it. When you sit on the preacher, that means you're, you're not in agreement with it. Amen means let it be so. Amen. That means it's true. I, I agree with that. I tell you, when somebody's preaching the word of God, you better say amen. Hallelujah. Because in case you hadn't figured it out yet, every service, Jesus comes to church and your adversary comes to church. You need to let both of them hear you say amen. You need to let both of them see you clap your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody said, well, I'm going through something right now and I don't really feel God like I want to. Well, just go ahead and praise him so you don't give the devil any room. Don't give the devil any ideas. Hey, we're here to praise God through the thick and the thin. Good times, bad times, sickness and health. We're here to go all the way with Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Boy, I feel the anointing rolling up in this place right now. Amen. I feel a special liberty because we don't have no internet tonight. Praise God. Amen. I feel a double portion of. Uh, amen. I, no. I mean, I, it don't really matter to me whether the camera's on or not. I just. I hate to, I don't want to hurt anybody that's trying to get right. I want to be full of wisdom. Amen. But it sure feels good in this house right now. Amen. Praise God. First Corinthians, the first chapter in the 18th verse. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Everybody say it's foolishness. They think it's dumb. But unto us which are saved... It is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. He's saying it's written that the people that think they're smart, they're going to end up the dumb ones. And he said, I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent or the intelligent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the, wor the world by wisdom knew not God. 
It pleased God by the foolishness, everybody say the foolishness, of preaching to save them that believe. The preaching of the cross is foolishness. It's dumb. It's silly. It's absurd to people that are going to perish anyway. Amen. But not to us. I said not to us. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to preach. I kind of wish the internet was working, honestly. But I want to preach tonight. It's smart to live for God. <laughs> Amen. It's smart to live for God. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord together. Come on, lift your voice with me to Jesus. Come on, why don't you ask God to help us in this house? We need you, God, in a special way. Come on, we're about to make a liar out of the devil in this house tonight. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. We praise you. Come on, can you take somebody next to you by the hand if it's appropriate? Why don't you say, help me get a breakthrough. Help me touch God tonight. Help me in this house. Come on, you're joining your faith with their faith. Come on, God's hearing the prayers of people right now in this house. Come on. Come on, we're going we're going to hear the word of God tonight. I rebuke every distraction from hell that would try to come against the people of God. God, I pray there's a clear sound tonight, uh, a clear note, uh, a Jerusalem ring. Uh, oh, let your word be heard in this house. Uh, come on, everybody, clap your hands to the Lord together now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to preach. Everybody say it's smart. It's smart to live for God. Hallelujah. Jesus was speaking to his disciples prior to him going to the cross. And without them having an understanding of what the cross was, he begins to tell them in Matthew the 16th chapter, if any man will come after me, let him, everybody say, deny himself. What are we trying to do? We're trying to go after Jesus. I said we're trying to pursue Jesus. Amen. The Bible's still right, even if it's a snowflake generation we live in. The word of God is forever. Amen. He said, first of all, if you're going to come after me, you got to deny yourself. Oh, come on, church. I need some help tonight. He said, deny yourself. Not only that, but then he said, take up his cross. Man, a lot of people like to talk about the cross of Jesus. We may talk a little bit about it, but we're going to talk about your cross tonight too. He said, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. If all you're worried about is protecting 
your own little world, your own little joys, your own little happiness, your own little fun times. If that's all you're trying to protect, you're going to lose it. But he said, whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Boy, I feel like preaching in this house. If there ever was a time we need to stand flat-footed and preach the gospel, hey, it's time to deny ourselves. Quit worrying about all about us and me. What can you do for me, God? What are you going to give me, God? What blessings am I going to get? Who am I going to get to hang out with? What promotion am I going to get? And say, hey, God, what could I do for you? Man, if you try to save your life, that means to protect your little flesh is what that means. You try to protect your old ways, amen, and still try to live for God, God said you're going to lose it. But if you'll just go ahead and lose your old life for his sake, you're going to find the real life. You know what he's saying? You can't straddle the fence uh, and get what you think you're going to get. It's not going to work. The Bible said, for what is a man profited? Amen. What, What would it be to your advantage if you should gain the whole world and lose your soul? Amen, you shouldn't be praying, God, make me a billionaire. You ought to be praying, God, make me a prayer warrior. You know why? Because it's still seek ye first uh, the kingdom of God uh, and his righteousness uh, and all these things uh, will be added unto you. You want to be... Blessed financially, get a prayer life. You, oh, hallelujah. If you want to be blessed, get right. If you want to be blessed, quit two-timing Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can you imagine gaining everything in the world and losing your soul? When I was a little boy, there was a, there was a minister in the church where I went. He wasn't the pastor. He was just a minister. And he'd come up front and he would sing, I'd rather be in a deep, dark grave and know that my soul was saved than to live in this world in a house of gold and deny my God and lose my soul. He would sing that all the time. You know what happened later on in that man's life? He backslid. And he went off into eternity. Not in the church. You know what I say? Not here. Not us. Hey man, whatever you got to do, God. Yank my chain. Call my number. Get my attention. But don't let me be lost, God. I have got to be saved. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. So before Jesus ever goes to the cross, he's speaking figuratively about to his followers about the cross. And the word cross was used not only as a piece of wood that you would hang people on by their arms and legs, but it also described figuratively, it would describe pain or suffering or humiliation. And Jesus was simply saying, if, uh, if you're going to follow me, praise God, I, I, hope, I hope I don't have to bottle feed people all night long. I, I hope you've been here long enough that I can just give you the meat of the word tonight without trying to tiptoe and hurt somebody's feelings. And I hope you've grown up a little bit where I can just have the liberty to just Preach what God laid upon my heart. Hallelujah. Amen. When he said, take up your cross and follow me. Amen. What he was saying is you got to deny yourself. And then you're going to go through some things in this life just because you're following God. I said, you're going to deal with some things just because You're living for God. It don't mean God don't love you. It don't mean you've done wrong. I'm telling you, there is a cross. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I love to preach faith. I love to preach the peace of God, and I believe every bit of it. Amen, but if you think there's not some things you're going to have to endure to make it all the way, you didn't read the other part of the Bible. Amen, there's going to be things happen in your life. Amen, a month or two ago, my dear mother, 73 years old, lived for God most of her life, a prayer warrior. Amen, she come down with a stroke. I appreciate my brother going up there so much and helping take care of her. And... uh. But, but I, and I sat there and I watched her. You know what? If you wasn't uh, just real discerning of what's going on in that book right there, you would think something was going wrong. Hey, I don't know what we're facing. I said, I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. Uh, but I know Jesus. Uh, and I... And I done made up my mind, I'm going to pick up my cross uh, and I'm going to follow him all the way. Uh. Come on, somebody lift your hands to the Lord together right now. Come on, why don't you pray for one moment, church? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. One of the hardest things to do is the first thing that he said. If you're going to follow me, deny yourself. Everybody say, deny yourself. And we got people that can't deny themselves nothing. I said, we got people that can't deny themselves nothing. If they told them that a cookie was going to kill them, 
They still ate the cookie. You told them walking across the road, you'd blow up. They'd go ahead and walk across because they just got to walk across. Uh, I think we come to a day where there's not much deny yourself preaching going on. And when people quit preaching deny yourself, they started robbing you of the power of God. Uh, I don't want to be robbed of the power of God. Uh, I want a double portion of the power of God. Uh, Hey, we're in the day where it's prosperity preaching. Man, you look at Instagram and every reel and clip or whatever you see is somebody saying, "Uh, uh, your blessing's on the way, God told me. Amen, in 12 hours, it's all going to change. Build new barns. You ain't got enough room for what's about to happen. And I believe in the blessings of God, but I'm not going to be knocked off my feet. I said I'm not going to be shaken when the cross gets heavy sometimes. I said I'm not going to backslide when the cross gets heavy sometimes. I'm not going. I'm not going to turn on my brother. I'm not going to turn on my sister when the cross gets heavy sometimes. He said, deny yourself and go ahead and pick it up and follow me. Don't sound like a real wonderful journey. And I'm not trying to say it's always like that. But I am saying there is a cross with living for God. I said there is a cross. There are things you will deal with and you might as well settle it in your spirit right now. Whatever comes. Praise God. So amazing. You get them wedding vows and they're like two pages long. It says in sickness and in health. And they're for richer or for poorer. In good times and bad times. And they just keep saying things. And they just sit there and grin and say, I do. And they're almost barely containing their emotions. I do. I do. Ask the other one. I thought you'd never ask. I do. Hey, man, you know what? You ought to get some vows when you walk into the kingdom of God. You ought to make some commitments when you walk through the door and God fills you with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. You ought to get some vows in your heart that says for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, in richer or in poor, I'm going to live for God. Whatever comes against me, I'm not backing up. I signed up for life. Come on. Come on. Come on. Where's the commitment? Where's the committed people of God? And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here on Wednesday night. Thank you for being here. Amen. But maybe this is just your reminder 
Amen. There ought to be a commitment to God. You're talking about what messes up a marriage is when somebody is just not sure whether the other one's committed or not. What an awful feeling that would be to not know whether your wife was really committed or not. To not know whether your husband really was there for the long haul or not. Hey man, when somebody sheds their blood for you, you ought to let them know I'm committed. Hey, when somebody sticks their neck out for you, when somebody hangs on the cross and gives their life for you, you ought to get committed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, pick up your cross. You know what he was saying? He was letting them know there's going to be things that will come against you. Amen. I, I love, this is the best life. I love living for God. But if you don't think there's things that come against you, you're living in la-la land. If you're going to make it to heaven, it'll be because you endured some things. That's why this Bible said, he that endureth till they're 45, at least to the halfway point, at least till their kids are grown, then they, no, it said, he that endureth till the end is going to be the one that's going to be saved. I'm trying to get somebody off the roller coaster of spirituality and get you on the high road. Man, Jesus is saying, by following him, you're going to experience some grief. You're going to experience some frustrations in life. I hope, I pray that you're just going to let me feed you the way God fed me today. Jesus is saying by following him, you're going to be times in your life you're going to feel left out. When you're really feeling or following God, you're going to get the feelings of awkwardness sometimes in this world. When you're really following God, you're going to feel like a sore thumb. You're going to feel like an odd man out sometimes when you're really following God. Let me tell you, if you feel completely at ease in this world, you need to get another dose of the Holy Ghost. When your homies are out there instead of in here, you need another dose of the Holy Ghost. When you feel more comfortable with them out there than you do in here, I pray you get a breakthrough in this house tonight. Uh, help us, Jesus. One of, the, one of the biggest places you'll feel awkward is around family that don't see it quite yet like you see it. This is a trouble for a lot of first time, first generation uh, people of God. I grew up, my mom was in it, my grandma, my great grandma. Trace it all the way back to the fifth generation. I, I, I'm a Jew, actually. 
So we, we've always loved Jesus. There's people that come out of the world and they walk into this apostolic way. God fills them with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, if you follow the Holy Ghost and you begin to line up with what it tells you and what this word tells you, you're gonna realize I got a cross on my back. It may be in your very own house. It may just be a Thanksgiving, but it's definitely gonna be a work. It's gonna be a Walmart. It's gonna be everywhere you go. You're gonna realize I'm not like everybody else. Amen, it's gonna be awkward to you. Amen, but you gotta make up your mind whether you can deal with a little awkwardness or deal with hell for eternity. I would rather deal with a little problems here and be saved. Come on, let the people of God praise him right now. Let the people of God open up their mouth and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So there are two prerequisites to following after Jesus. You got to deny yourself. Boy, every time I say that, it feels like a hang-up. You got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. I tell you, you know what ha- What happens in this world is people feel like they got to have a, a personality that they designed to make them feel important. One of them's got his pants hanging down and his hat turned sideways and he's walking like this. He don't really walk like that. But in his mind, he's got to do that to be who he thinks he wants to be. Then you got some of them that, you know, they got the cowboy hat on. And their spurs and big old thing of beech nut chewing tobacco. They don't even like beech nut. Their stomach is probably turning. But in their mind, they feel like they have to be that to be somebody. Well, I'm digging up stuff right now. This world tries to make people adapt to some personality to make them feel like they're somebody special. And that's why our world goes to extremes and ignorant stuff all the time. But you know what? You gotta deny yourself. Well, I'm a cowboy or whatever. I don't care what you are. Well, I'm a, I'm a gangster. I'm, I'm a whatever. I'm an athlete. I'm, a, I'm this. I, no, when you come to God's house, you get a brand new culture. Well, I just... You know, this is what makes me, this is what makes me happy, you know. I, I, this makes me happy if I'm in my boat and I got my fishing pole and this is who I am and I got my short shorts on and, and no shirt working on my summer tan. You know, it, you know, it's kind of hard living for God. Uh, and, and you know, and this is just my little comfort zone. Uh, you know what? You got to deny yourself. I don't care what you were. 
I don't care how you grew up. I don't care what your last name is. I don't care what your culture was. I don't care how your mom and dad raised you. When you walk in the door of the church of the living God, you got to deny yourself. Uh, Come on, clap your hands. Some people could be used greatly in the kingdom of God if they just learn to deny themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people are so full of pride. God can never use them. What's the solution? You just got to deny yourself. Praise God. I'm, I'm going to roll on as soon as the Holy Ghost lets me, I promise you. This may be hurting me worse than it's hurting you. That's what my daddy used to say. I don't believe that. Oh, Jesus. You know what? If you don't ever learn how to deny yourself, God's got a way of helping you. Yeah. He's got a way of cranking the vice down on you. Well, I'll go, but bless God, I ain't going. Oh, yeah. I've heard a lot bigger people than you say that. Crank, crank, crank. Well, I'm just not really the praying kind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you let that crank get on you. Hey, I ain't telling nobody else's story. I'm telling my story. He's got a crank that'll make you lay on the floor like a little girl and cry and say, God, I give up. I've tried on my own. I'm a total wreck. My life is miserable. You got me, God. Whatever you want. Not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. What I figured out is he's not scared to use it either. Two qualifiers. Everybody say, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Just, just deal with whatever. That's what that means. Whatever life throws at you, just throw it on your back and just keep on trucking. Come on, there won't be one sissy in heaven. Huh? It'll going to be tough people that just throw it on their back and say, bless God, if this is what I got to do, this is what I'm going to do. One, two, three, four. Thank the Lord. Amen. And so he says, so Jesus says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. It's foolishness. Everybody say it's foolishness. The Bible's saying to those that are going to burn forever in a lake of fire, they think what I'm preaching right now is foolishness. <laughs> I looked up the synonyms. It's dumb. It's absurdity. It's folly. And then in the, my interlinear Bible, 
Hebrew or no Greek and English, you said it's stupidity. To somebody that's on their way to a red hot hell, the preaching of denying yourself and taking up your cross is stupidity to them. I'm telling you, if the word of God ever gets dumb to you, you're not in the right category. If it ever gets to where it just kind of just, I wish he'd just move on. You're not in the right category. The preaching of denying yourself, coming out of this world and being separate, it's dumb to people that are lost anyway. Some of them can't. Some of them get on our, our live stream and write stuff. <laughs> and they say to you, well, you, does that make you mad? No. Because <laughs> they're lost. Just means that the Bible's right. When, the, when somebody begins to preach denying yourself and coming out, of course the world's going to think that's dumb because they've never experienced the power. <laughs> you know what I'm going to preach? Come out from among them. It's time. It ever was a time. It's time. The Bible said to those that are going to perish, everybody say to those that perish. To those that perish, it's foolishness to them. That's, that's their perspective of how they see it. That's what they see. But that's not the reality of what it really is. Because the Bible said the reality is for us, it is the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. So when the preaching of the cross happens and the world is looking and saying that's dumb, the church ought to be listening and say, hey, that's where the power comes from. Hey, I come to rebuke every devil. Your ears ought to be saying, hey, that's where the power comes from. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the, everybody say the foolishness, the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So the Bible's telling us that the intelligent people, they can't find God through intelligence. The wise of the world can't find God through wisdom of the world. They can split an atom but can't find Acts 2.38. They can break down DNA, but they can't see except the man is born of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter in. 
to the kingdom of God. Hey, blessed are you if you can see it. Blessed are your ears if you can hear it tonight. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus right now. Hallelujah. So the Bible is telling us that intelligent people are looking for God in ways that they'll never find God. But God chose the foolishness, what they would call the absurdity of preaching to save the ones that believe. (laughs) The foolishness, what, what they see as dumb. What they see as stupidity. God said, I'm going to choose the preaching, pick up your cross. I praise God. I I hope you're going to get this tonight. He's talking about the foolishness of the preaching. What was he talking about? Of the cross. So when someone comes in and they're intelligent and they don't want to live for God anyway, and somebody begins to preach, you got to repent of your sins or you're never going to make it to heaven. That seems absurd to somebody uh, who, who's going to perish anyway. Amen. The same preaching to one person is the power of God. The exact same preaching to somebody else is obnoxious. Praise God. We're not going to vote tonight. We voted on pews. That's the last voting in the church. Praise God. It's absurd to the world for preaching to go forth and say, hey, whatever you got to do, just go on with Jesus. It's absurd to the world for somebody to say, hey, you need to clean out your house. It's getting kind of tight in here right now. It's, what was foolish was the preaching of the cross. When somebody begins to preach, hey, you can't sit there and watch Hollywood all day and stay full of the Holy Ghost. You can't sit there and watch murder all day and not get a murderous spirit inside of you. The eye is the light of the body. You can't sit there and watch adultery all day and not get an adulterous spirit in you. You can't watch hatred all day and not get a spirit of hatred on you. Makes perfect sense to me. I said it makes sense to me. It's the power of God unto me. To those that are going to perish. Like what on earth? That church is nothing but a bunch of rules. It's foolishness. Let me tell you something. To the world, come to church three times a week. Come Wednesday night. Come Sunday morning. Come Sunday night. Come Monday night. Pray. It's absurd to them. If it's absurd to you, you might want to change columns tonight. Coming to church every day and praying and signing your name or getting in your closet or whatever it takes to 
Find a moment with God and pray until you break through. To me, that's the power of God. To somebody that is on their way to a red-hot hell, you think it's overkill. <laughs> somebody came in one day and the Holy Ghost started moving. He started feeling the Holy Ghost. And man, this guy started jumping up and down. I'll never forget. Had a Dallas Cowboys jacket on, jumping up and down for Jesus. And I started preaching about prayer and making a daily commitment to God. And I called him. He missed a couple services. I called him. He said, man, you're just too much of a zealot for me. I'm thinking, bro, you know what he's saying? That's absurd. I don't think it takes all that. To those that are going to perish, the preaching of a cross is foolishness. But to the people that got a hold of it, they're saying, preach more of it to me. I want to know more. I got to people who are hungry for God, they want it. You know, my son. Oh, you may sit there with your arms folded, mad at the world, and I'm telling you what they do in prison. I tell you what they do when you start preaching in prison. They go all the way to the edge of the seat. It's not foolishness to them. They're saying, help me. My life is a mess. I got a breakout. I got to have a breakout. Come on, preacher. Don't give me milk tonight. Give me some meat for my belly. Give me something that's going to make me grow. Oh, I don't want to be hungry two hours later. I want something 30 years from now I can... Still holding on to. Hallelujah. I hope this is all right. If it ain't, it's all right anyway. To the world, it's foolishness that somebody would preach you got to forgive others or you won't be forgiven. How, how absurd does that sound? When somebody has done me so wrong, you're telling me I really have to forgive them? Yeah, you really do. To those that perish, they're saying, I'll never forgive you. That's foolishness. To them that are on the way to heaven, they're saying, if that's what I got to do, If that's the path I got to take, if that's the cross I got to carry, you, you, they're, they're not remorseful, Pastor. They're not even ashamed of what the, it doesn't say anything like that. It, 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 there's no fine print in the Bible. It said you're going to forgive or you won't be forgiven. Amen. <laughs> it's absurd. 
people that are going to perish for you to say pray for those that despitefully use you. Hallelujah. What? To the wisdom of the world, you're, you're telling me to pray a blessing on somebody that has used me, abused me, treated me wrong, talked about me. You're telling me I got to pray for them? You're telling me I got to pray a blessing on them? To those that perish, that's ignorant. To those that are going to perish, when they hear that, it's stupidity. But to those that got their eyes on a city, preach it to me, Pastor. I'll just put it on the cross. I'll carry it all the way. Whatever I got to do. Help me, God. Praise God. Amen. Our world is so dysfunctional. It's so dysfunctional that when they hear the word of God, it It does sound absurd to think that you could open up this Bible and it would say that a man should not wear a woman's garments. See, we never used to have to preach that, did we? And it said a woman should not put on that which pertaineth to a man. And all that do such are an abomination to people that are going to perish. They get mad to people that are going to perish. That is foolishness. To people that are going to perish, that's legalistic. To people that are going to perish, they think, but to the people that read the top part of the chapter where he said deny yourself if you're going to follow me and pick up your cross deny yourself well I'm just more comfortable with this ain't about being comfortable this is about being saved this is about making heaven your home See, nobody thought anything a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, World War II, when all the men went off to war and all the women had to go to work. That was the downfall of our society is when the women left the home and went to work. For many reasons, there was nobody to raise up the children and then the women became the man of the house. Started dressing like them, acting like them. Praise God. So, well, he's a, hey, if you don't like a man acting like a woman, I'm going to give you a big old ribeye tonight. 
I hope you got the belly. I was almost kind of glad when they said the internet wasn't working. Amen. Because this message is for the church. Because of those that perish, they don't want to hear it anyway. You're the one that wants to make it to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope this is all right. It never thought about it 80 years ago when women started wearing men's clothing. It just they just, you know, basically told the church just shut up. It's it's the it's a new culture. And uh, everybody thought, well, you know, whatever. You know what it opened up the door for? For the men to start wearing women's clothing. Now, don't get all worked up about men wearing women's clothing. If it don't bother you for women to wear men's clothing. Hey, when you open up this Bible... To the very beginning in Genesis, it said he made them male and female. If he wanted us all look like it, it just said he made whatever he wanted to call them. Getting kind of tired in here. I love holiness. I love it when it's in your heart. I love it when it's on your skin. I love it when it's in your mind. And I love it when everybody else that can't read your mind can still see it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Boy, this is good preaching right here. To them, it's foolishness. But to me, it's God, I cannot be an abomination. Let me tell you something, church. There will not be one abomination that makes it through the gate. Praise God. A few years ago, I was in Silver Dollar City, and this man walked up to me. He was in the line. I was fixing to ride a roller coaster. He walked up behind me with a skirt on. And I thought, what on earth? How, how does that happen? That boy didn't have a daddy or something. Do you know how it happens? It's when no good people don't say nothing. And we just kind of let lines just be blurred. Well, hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. If I got these pants on, if I put a mini skirt over it, would I still have pants on? Would I still... Be a man. I, this ain't up for vote. This is what I'm preaching tonight. If I got this nice custom suit, Wade Bass, uh, I, I sent money to missions and he sent me a suit. What a deal. But if I got a mini skirt to match it with this blue plaid and I put it on and I said, well, God, I, I've got pants on. Why are you judging me for my skirt? 
think, how'd you get there? Well, I see a lot of ladies <laughs> that's got pants on. They pull a skirt over it. They might get quiet. But I'm the watchman on the wall. I'm going to have some clean hands. Tell you, if you got to pull it up like pants, pull them down like pants, you got pants on. Hey, if it's an abomination, why would you even play with it? Why would you even want to get close to it? If it's... Hey, if I can't do it, y'all... Would y'all sat here and listen to me preach if I had a matching miniskirt on? Or would you went ahead and walked out and called 911 and said something's wrong with him? Somebody come. That's why I started with my miniskirt. Because you know what's happened. The women started wearing pants and. Ain't like they want two coverings. Because this one got shorter and shorter and shorter. Well, praise God. Here, hey, hey, let me tell you something. I love everybody. And one of these days, I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to walk through a pearl gate onto a street of gold. And you're going to say, thank God we did. You won't be feeling sorry for yourself. When he says, here's your mansion, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Do you know what this is? To those that perish, this is foolishness. This is just a preacher harping on something. I'm not harping on anything. I wish there was nothing we had to do. I wish you could just raise your pinky and go to heaven. Uh, but there is a book. Uh, there is a road map. Uh, there is a... <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. Praise God. To the world is foolish. <laughs> but to me... When I hear the trumpet blow, you know what I'm going to say? It's smart to live for God. It's dumb to try to blur the lines. It's dumb to try to get as close to the edge as you can without falling over into the abyss. It's dumb to play with the world. It's smart to live for God. Bible plainly teaches us that men would have would cut their hair. Clean haircuts. Not long hair. It says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. To those that perish, they would say, You're just an old fogey. But to those that are on their way to heaven, you know what they want me to say? Women don't don't. Put scissors in your hair. 
Don't put scissors in your hair. Don't let anybody else cut your hair. What, what, what's the deal? You got power on your head. If you've got uncut hair, ladies, you've got power with God. When you let your hair grow, it is a sign of submission unto your head and unto his head. It is power. Boy. To those that perish, that's foolishness. But to a lady that always liked to cut her hair, you know what I say? Just put it on the cross. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. To men that love long hair, just cut it off. Put it on your cross. Deny yourself. Deny your flesh. Put it on your cross and just go ahead and follow Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together. I could preach on. Good Lord, I could preach on. God's been good to this church. God's blessed us. I'm telling you, there's a financial plan in that Bible too. When you begin to preach, God said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there'll be meat in my house. There'll be bread in my house. And he said, you've robbed me with your tithes and your offerings. Some people say, well, I'm a tithe payer. Well, if you ain't an offering payer, you're a robber. According to this word. It's absurd to the world for somebody to say, hey, you need to bring a tenth into the storehouse. And if you do, God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. If you want to know why your paycheck don't last. You want to know why you ain't got no money halfway through the month? Because you're a robber. When you rob God, he's going to turn the devourer loose on your life. And everything's going to turn upside down. Hey, there's a plan in this Bible. Come on. I feel like preaching this church. Amen. The devil wants the intimidation factor. Well, if you, you, know, if you say anything about money, they're just going to think you're all about money. I ain't. Let me tell you something. I was blessed before I got here. And I'm not bragging on myself. I was blessed before I got here. I didn't start this so you would bring money to this place. Matter of fact, five times when I started the church, the first five services, I didn't even take up the offering because I forgot. And Sister Linda Seeley come to me in the garage of the old building and said, can I pay my tithes? I knew there was something I was forgetting about being a pastor. We forgot the offering. Take that devil. But you know what I figured out? When people got on board and they started doing what they're supposed to do, God would open the windows of heaven on their life. You know, people out there hate this. They hate it. 
Praise God. Do you think you could rob God and then him build you a house? All right, well, let's, let's back up. Praise God. Amen. Is there a house builder in here? Anybody build houses? Anybody builds houses? Sister Lynn's building a house. Stand up, Sister Lynn. Praise God. Now, do you think you could walk over to her purse and take money out of it? And then her build a house and give it to you? Almost sounds dumb, don't it? <laughs> you can be see, I'm sorry. Praise God. Hope nobody reached in her purse in London while she was standing out. <laughs> Does that make sense? Do you think you could rob somebody and then pave the road in front of your house with gold? <laughs> Don't make sense, does it? I'm telling you, God's got a plan. And to those that perish, they hate the plan of God. But to us, <laughs> but to us, so glad my wife figured it out a long time ago when I wasn't even in church. She was paying tithes. I'm like, honey, I don't know. Ain't no money to do all this. That guy's got a Jaguar. Somebody bought him a Jaguar a long time ago. And my wife was paying him more money. I thought, good Lord. Can't even make my truck payment. And he's got a Jaguar and you're giving him my money for my check. I didn't realize that's what was keeping the groceries in the cabinets. <laughs> I didn't realize that's where my blessing was coming from. All of a sudden, I got on more and I started giving. And the more I gave, the more he gave. And the more I did, the more he did. He said, you give to me and I'll give to you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. He said, I'm going to make men give unto you. Praise God. They hate this, but I love it. It's something. Praise God. You start preaching, you got to have a pastor in your life. <laughs> Not a best friend, but a pastor. Let me tell you, if he ain't got veto power in your life, he ain't your pastor. He's your friend. Well, getting kind of quiet now. Maybe it's just too late. To those out there that perish, they hate the thought of being accountable to anybody. They hate the thought of it. Being accountable to a man you know why I preach it with passion? Because I'm accountable to a man. The reason our church is two-story instead of one story over there, because one day my pastor stopped by and said, you know what? You ought to build a two-story. I didn't say I ain't got the money, the budget ain't in it, the architect's done. I said, we can do that. You know what happened? God has provided every step of the way because I got an accountability pastor in my life.
A lot of people use the pastor. They ask him questions on the questions they know the answer to and they're going to like them. If they don't ask when it's going to be a question, they know what I'm going to say and they ain't going to like the answer. He's got to get kind of quiet. You know what? You ought to ask the question whether you like the answer or not. Amen. Many times I went to my pastor and said, hey, man, I got the most brilliant idea. I'm fixing to do. I had it all on paper how smart I was and all this stuff. I said, what do you think? He said, I wouldn't do that. You know what I do? I get up and walk out. Take all my little plans, throw it in the trash can on the way out. God, if that man said I ain't not to do it, I ain't going to do it. So, well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about all that. Let me tell you about all that. I've got a wife that's got the Holy Ghost. I got three children got the Holy Ghost. I got a grandson old enough and he's got the Holy Ghost. I'll just say this. I'll say this and then I'll move on. And if y'all just give me about five or ten more minutes. Hey, those out there hate it. And if you hate it, you need to change columns. If you hate it, there's something down deep wrong. But but God's been dealing with me and I'm just going to say exactly what I feel. I'm 49 I'm getting old. And Brother Holmes said, when you get old, you can just say what you want to. (laughs) Praise God. Within reason. I grew up in the church. And everybody that I ever seen rebel against the man of God, they always paid with their children. Don't clap. Don't amen. I'm telling you. You... They didn't pay. It wasn't their life. It wasn't their health. But every one of them that rose up against the man of God, they paid with the next generations. I'm still praying for people that they're locked up. Their lives are a mess because they rose up. I, I, I haven't found the scripture that says if you, if you rise up against Moses, your kids are going to pay. I, it did say many generations. I read that part. But, but I'm just telling you from my perspective what I've seen. What this one guy has seen. I'm telling you, over and over and over I've seen it. Let me tell you something. I feel the fear of God in this place. They hate this. Those that are going to perish hate this but the people that are on their way to heaven, let me, let me help you. If there's something you don't understand, I, I ain't talking about just me. I, I'm talking about any man of God. Please, don't ever put your finger on them. If there's something you don't understand, get on, get, get on an altar. Say, God, if it's me, help me. Uh, amen. If it's something with me, you come talk to me. And we will very humbly, kindly 
talk it out. But don't put your finger on it. Amen. You may get by, but the next generation won't get by. Because God's looking down. I got, my Lord, I could preach for hours. I'm telling you, it's dumb to do it their way. It's dumb to do it the world's way. It's smart to do it the Bible way. Hey, you want to live with no regrets in your life? Do it the Bible way. Hallelujah. Goodness. I'm just about to get started. Lift your hands to the Lord together. Como sarama satala mahataya la bosha. Alamo satala baha. Atanama satala bakatala batala bakataya. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to help somebody.
Come on, let's turn it into a room of prayer right now. Feel the fear of God in this place. Come on, the smart thing to do is just totally surrender. Come on. Come on, it's dumb to run from God. The real foolishness is to walk away when he's calling your name. Come on, I feel Jesus in this place. Come on, while God's hand of mercy is pulling. the fear of God. Oh, in the fear of God. Come on, why don't you receive the word? Don't reject it. Come on, why don't everybody find a place to pray for a few moments?
Mo, why don't you help somebody pray right now if you're through praying? Come on, somebody could get a breakthrough. Somebody go to higher ground. God's calling people higher. Come on up higher. Come on up higher. Oh, come on up higher. Ta ta ta. Ta ta ta. La 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 got to do is just deny yourself not about me God not what I want oh it's you Lord it's you Lord come on I know people struggle with all kinds of different things that's your cross just carry it you can do it. I know it's hard. I know there's trying things. That's your cross. Come on. Come on. It ain't meant to weight you down. Oh, just pray until you got the strength to carry it. You gotta be saved, God. How to be saved, God. Oh, ha, ha.